Hello, my friends. This is Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, I just returned from Australia a couple of days ago and our family doctor advised me. He recommended that I go into a two week quarantine. So here I am, my two weeks quarantine. And uh, I hadn't really expected this because I had meetings booked. I would be in Houston, Texas, actually, this uh, uh, weekend with my friend Pastor Don Gibson and then next weekend I'd be uh, doing three days of meetings in um, in up in Massachusetts with uh, Pastor David Stewart and after that I'd be leaving for Shanghai that was on the plan and then after Shanghai I would be in Singapore doing a three-day meeting in Singapore then I'd be preaching in South Africa after which uh, I'd be holding two campaigns in Zambia. But now what has happened, all these countries have locked down, um, you know, China and, and also Singapore, South Africa, uh, Zambia, uh, Zambia and, uh, and South Africa actually are not allowing any any foreigners to come in at this time. So anyway, uh, I've got over a month off and and uh, I'm glad actually I thought of it in the beginning. I first complained, Lord, what am I doing? And I want to be out there preaching. But I realized that this could be a good time for for rest and for uh, uh, and, you know, I'm I'm going to spend time in prayer and meditation and in the Word of God. I think it's it's a good thing because uh, what the devil meant for evil, God can turn it into good for both for you and me. So I would I would advise each one of you who are watching this, I'm, and I'm sure that most of you uh, are off your home, and uh, don't look at it as a time that is wasted, but look at it as a time when you can regroup and recalibrate and seek the Lord and go from strength to strength. And that's what I intend to do. My wife is a nurse and she works um, in a Christian clinic a couple of days a week. So I know she'll be going there, but I'm going to be home and I'll try to share something with you every day. She, you know, some of my own thoughts and plus uh, from the scriptures also. And, uh, <clears throat> but I want to start this by by sharing with you a little bit of my own life for those of you who don't know. I was born in a Muslim home and uh, I grew up in a totally Muslim environment, had never heard of Jesus, never seen a Bible, uh, never been to church, never met a born again Christian. Uh, the only thing I knew about Jesus was what the Muslims believed, that he was some kind of prophet who lived many a long time ago, but I didn't know when and I didn't know anything about the cross, nothing. And uh, anyway, I had a happy childhood until I was about eight years old. And uh, then my parents got divorced and my father married uh, another lady who was very abusive. She used to beat me up. So I had a very unhappy childhood um, from the age of eight until when, that's when my father remarried. I think I was about eight years old, I'm not sure, but from the age of eight and until the age of 13, all I remember were uh, the severe beatings I received from my stepmother almost every single day. Anyway, by the time I was 13, I despaired of life and uh, I didn't know what to do. And then, so I went off to, uh, you know, um, a military college. And so uh, I was basically raised by 
the military from the age of 13 onwards. Uh, and then I, but by the time I was 15, I was suicidal because, you know, I was, I, I used to think that just because I had gotten away from home, I'd be happy. But I learned one thing in life that, uh, you know, once you're oppressed and tormented by other people, um, just putting some distance between yourself and your tormentors will never make things uh, all right because once that uh, spirit of rejection and hurt is inside you it becomes a part of you and of course i was small at that time i didn't realize what was happening to me but by the time i was 15 i was suicidal and uh, and i uh, <clears throat> the only thing that kept me from killing myself uh, was there were actually two things. The first was Islam teaches that suicide is a cardinal sin and that those um, who, who commit suicide uh, will go to hell and that there are no mitigating circumstances. So I was, I was afraid of going to hell. The other thing I knew was that I was a sinner and I would go to hell anyway because my sins outweighed uh, anything that was good in me. So anyway, uh, I continued my existence until the age of 17 and then our country went to war and uh, I was not, uh, you know, a fully trained uh, officer or whatever, but I volunteered for ground operations and uh, the war was horrible. I saw horrible things um, and uh, that I, I don't want to go into, but anyway, by the time the war ended, I was in total despair because uh, I now begin to wonder whether there was a God. I'd always believed in God, but my reasoning was, if there is a God, how can he allow such things, uh, such horrible things like war, where young people die and people suffer? And you could say I was what, I what one would call an agnostic. I, didn't, I wasn't really convinced of the existence of God anymore. And um, anyway, uh, I, Somehow, you know, I, I got commissioned into the army and then, uh, uh, but I, I left the army, didn't fit into civilian life, so I went back to the army again. And then uh, I left again and uh, I, was, um, I was doing something else. And I remember one day on the 13th of December, 1975, I was on the street. Uh, I was actually going to a shop to buy something I needed. And I saw a man standing there who had, who had this look of great joy upon his face. And, and he was, uh, you know, he, he was a white man. He was about six foot six tall. And, and I remember this look of absolute uh, peace and joy in his face. And I remembered thinking, this man has something that I have never known. And I need to go and find out more about this. So I began to talk to him and he began to tell me about Jesus. And that was the first time in my life anybody ever told me about Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, having never read the Bible and never heard of Jesus, this was new to me. But there was something about it that grabbed me, that just grabbed me. And he said to me, if you invite Jesus Christ into your heart, he will set you free. And at that moment, I felt like this is what I've been waiting for all my life. And then he asked me if I'd like to receive Jesus Christ. And uh, I said yes. And I, I prayed together with him to receive Jesus Christ 
into my heart and immediately there were two things I felt. The first one I felt was that a huge burden had been lifted off my chest and the second thought was that my life had been in uh, black and white and now it was in technicolor. That's how it felt and uh, anyway I was for the first time in my life I was happy. I was joyful. I was uh, it's just an, an indescribable uh, feeling of joy that I experienced the next, next few days. Anyway, they thought there was something wrong with me, so I was put into an army mental hospital. I was there for two and a half weeks uh, under observation. They kept on pumping me full of uh, different kinds of drugs and anyway, but I was witnessing to people and then one day one of the staff members gave his life to Jesus and then they, uh, the, the, the psychiatrist, uh, he released me. I was kept under house arrest and I escaped from that. And that's when I began to serve Jesus on the streets, witnessing, preaching, sharing on the streets. Uh, I was mentored by people who made me memorize two Bible verses every day because they said, hey, because this is a Muslim country, anytime you can be arrested, you can be in prison without a Bible. And so you must have the word hidden in your heart. And that was a good thing because in three months I memorized. Actually, it was one verse a day the first two weeks and after that was two verses a day. So anyway, I was arrested for preaching. I was in prison for almost a year, came out of prison. And then they said, if I didn't go back to Islam, they would execute me. And that's when I escaped. Uh, I it's, it's a long story, but I made my way through many different countries. And I finally ended up in Belgium and Holland. And from there, I went to Sweden. And when I was in Sweden, the pastor who had baptized me back home, he was an American missionary. He was killed by the fundamentalists for baptizing me. And another missionary had written to me and encouraged me to apply for political asylum. Also, he said that the army and the police are waiting for you to come back. And so anyway, so facing certain death, I applied for political asylum in Sweden and I got political asylum. I started going to church there. It, I, I moved from the Bible school to another church. So I was uh, in a church. That's where I met my wife and uh, I got baptized with the Holy Spirit and kind of continued my ministry. And, uh, and then 25, 26 years ago, we moved to the United States. So here I am today, and I'm so grateful uh, above all things that Jesus has saved me and that he has changed my life and I get to preach the gospel all over the world. And I've been preaching the gospel for 44 years in more than 75 nations. And we see, we have seen millions of people come to Jesus and uh, churches planted all over the world. And God is a good God. It's a blessing and a privilege to serve him. And that is why, although the situation in the world is so bad today, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I get to preach the gospel. In fact, our best days are yet ahead of us because Jesus is coming back soon. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to, with that as a background, I want to share with you a little bit about what we have been doing uh, this past year. You know, we are doing our crusades in Africa. We are seeing, um, we are doing our campaigns in a, another country in Asia where things are very difficult and tough. And um, we, we do about 12 crusades a year. But of course, this year, 
uh, two of our, uh, the first two campaigns we are doing in Africa are canceled. But last year we had uh, fantastic, we had fantastic fruit in our crusades. We saw uh, tens of thousands of people uh, receiving Jesus in, you know, in, 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 in our services and thousands baptized with the Holy Spirit. We saw lame people walk, blind eyes open, God do amazing things. And, and through all this, uh, there's one thing I, I come away with, and that is that Jesus Christ is truly the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that the word of God is true and that the Holy Ghost has not changed. Now, the world has changed what people preach and what people believe. Uh, those things have changed and people's, uh, uh, people are more educated these days. And unfortunately, because they're more educated, there's greater levels of unbelief in the world today because everything is so intellectualized in the human mind. But the fact is that Jesus has not changed. In the book of Malachi, God says, I am the Lord and I change not. In Hebrews 13 verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. So he is still the same today. And, uh, you know, the last scripture I quoted to you right now, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. I want to tell you the story behind it. 1983, I went with a team to Poland uh, uh, for the very first time. No, it wasn't the first time. I think it was 1984, one of my trips to Poland. And uh, I was in the city of Poznan in a Roman Catholic church pastored by a priest called Father Szymanski, who was actually a good man. Uh, he was a, a charismatic Catholic priest and he, he loved Jesus. He's home with the Lord now, but I mean, he was a man who truly loved Jesus and he used to have me to preach. And I remember one night when I was preaching and um, there were a lot of hundreds of people wanted prayer in this. It was this huge church. And anyway, people lined up all around the sanctuary and they passed by me as I was praying for them, laying hands on them one by one. And then I, I, uh, th there was this lady on a wheelchair and I remember asking her, what is it that you want Jesus to do for you? And I always ask these questions because, uh, you know, and, uh, sometimes people don't say that I want to be healed. They say, well, I just want to be blessed so that I can bear my suffering. And if that's what they want, that's what I'll pray for. You can't force people to be healed. But this lady said, I want to be healed. So I said, uh, okay, so I don't know for what, whatever reason, I just asked her, do you believe Jesus will heal you now? Or do you believe he'll heal you progressively over time? I never asked this question, but I felt I had to ask this question. And she said, I believe both. Now, when she said that, I knew that, you know, she didn't really have much faith. But, uh, but then there was something I saw in her and the Lord told me, no, don't let her go, pray for her. So I stood, I stood in front of her and I prayed for her. I said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And, and uh, now this lady had been totally paralyzed from her waist down for uh, 11 years. And she didn't even have shoes on her feet because she couldn't stand or walk. And, and her family had brought her in that wheelchair, but she was totally paralyzed. And, so, but her arms were strong. She made a couple of efforts to get up, but she couldn't get up. And, and then I, uh, I, I, I lay my hands on her and prayed for one more time. Then I asked my interpreter who was with me, 
brother Zygmunt Witkowski, who was a university professor, a dear, dear friend, dear brother, I said, and, and then uh, Father, uh, there was another younger priest, Father Thomas Alexievich, a younger priest, so I said, uh, Father Thomas and Brother Zygmunt, could you please pick her up? And they picked her up. I said, please hold her up. So they held this lady up and her legs wouldn't carry her, of course. And I asked one of my team members from Sweden, one of my Bible school students to remove the wheelchair and they removed the wheelchair. And then I, um, uh, I just, I just looked at her and, and then I looked above because she was a short lady. I looked above her and the moment I looked above her, you know, the line of people was behind her and the line was gone. I didn't see her anymore. Or, uh, I didn't see them, but I saw Jesus standing there. I saw the wonderful face of Jesus. And I remember looking into his eyes and I heard these words, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. And the moment I heard those words, there was a thought that struck me. I said, if Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever, and he's here in this place, it is impossible for this woman not to be healed. She is going to be healed, not because I'm here, but because Jesus is here. And I remember I opened my mouth and suddenly all these scriptures began to come out of my mouth. I remember the first one was uh, Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our diseases, carried our pains. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed. Then for Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases. And then scripture after scripture about healing began to come out of my mouth. And I hadn't memorized these, but these are scriptures I had read over the years and they just poured out of me for a long, long time. And, uh, and my friends were holding this lady up and I was just speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word. You know, the Bible says that he sent forth his word and he healed them. It's not always just the laying on of hands, but it's the speaking of the word of God that is so powerful. And then uh, I think, I don't know how long I kept on, but it just poured out of me. And then suddenly I saw her legs begin to tremble and to shake. And I remember uh, asking the priest to let go of her. And then I asked Brother Zygmunt to let go of her. And, and then she was standing on her legs for the first time in 11 years. I, I put her hands on my shoulders. I said, now walk with me. I began to walk backwards. She began to walk forwards. And I kept on speaking the scripture. And I walked with her. And as we walked, her legs grew stronger and stronger. It took maybe 45 minutes to an hour, but after that she was walking and running and shouting. And uh, anyway, when, when she was completely healed, it was like the spirit of faith that had come upon me just lifted off me. And then my mind kicked into action again. And I began to, did this really happen, you know? But then uh, I, I realized, yes, it did happen because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And beloved, uh, before I end this now, and I'll share like uh, uh, a teaching from the scripture with you tomorrow. But I just want you to understand this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. 
and that he has never changed. His word has not changed. The Holy Ghost is still the same. The gospel is still the same. And he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. Uh, no matter what people say they believe and what whatever stories or excuses people make, this is what we believe. We believe what the Bible teaches, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has never changed. His word has never changed. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. God bless you. Let me pray with you. Let us pray together. Father, I pray for each one who's hearing, uh, who is watching this, who's hearing the sound of my voice. I pray that they be blessed today, that their hearts be filled with faith. Touch them right where they are. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak life and health and security and safety and blessing upon each home, upon each person who's hearing my voice. Father, let there be life and health and healing in their bodies. And Father, meet every need. And in the name of Jesus, I rebuke and curse every work of Satan and every disease, sickness, infirmity. And I say in the name of Jesus, be healed and be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for today, my friends, and I'll see you again tomorrow. God bless you and uh, stay there. You're going to win. Amen.